This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Thank goodness it's Friday. Here's what we got on today's show. Changes are coming to the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan, as we'll recap their AGM. Canola and wheat futures, meantime, trended downward this week. And we'll hear from Trevor Lennox with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture discussing drought and pasture management. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. A new era for the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan. At its annual general meeting in Regina this week, it was announced a longtime executive director, Kevin Hirsch, was stepping down from the role at the end of January, and St. Gregor area farmer Darren Youngman will take over. Youngman stepped down as chair of the commission to become executive director with support from the board. David Nobbs was elected the new chair. Hirsch reflected on his 15-plus years leading the organization. Well, I was one of the founding directors of the Canary Sea Development Commission when it was put into place in 2006. And for a while, it was managed by the folks with SAS Canola. But uh, when that ended, uh, I became uh, applied for and became uh, executive director. And Adele Bittner of Agribiz Communications became general manager and we've been, we're not exactly sure, we think it's about 15 years now that we've served in that role. And Adele will stay on and help the Canary Seed Commission on the whole human food use of Alpiste, uh, dehulled canary seed for the human food market. I've uh, just, I've been here, you know, 15 years. It's time to work on a few other things, including with uh, Harvard Media. And it's always good to have someone new step into the role and, and, and take a look at it from a, a fresh point of view. And the chair, the, the producer that has served as the chair of the Canary Seed Commission uh, for the past number of years, Darren Youngman, is stepping down as a director and will be assuming the role of a executive director. So I'll stay on and help with the transition to the end of January and then it'll be uh, uh, Darren Youngman's uh, organization to, uh, to work for. What else can you tell me about uh, Darren and, uh, you know, how, you know, he can uh, do the role uh, as well as, as you have over the last 15 years? Well, everybody brings a, a different management style, but uh, Darren uh, is a, grows a lot of canary seed and does a really good job growing it up in that St. Gregor area. And so he really comes at it from a, 
producer's point of view from the, the agronomics and varieties has been really engaged in working to the human food market and has, has kicked around the board for long enough that he knows all of the ins and outs and, and knows all of the people that the board works with in, in academia and research. So he's, a, he's an excellent person to uh, take on this role because he, he knows all the players and is passionate about it. So looking for good things from, from Darren Youngman in the years to come. Awesome. And one more for me, uh, just to kind of reflect on the organization from the time that uh, you had the reins to today. Uh, is there anything that kind of stands out over the course of time, just, you know, how the organization has evolved from 2006 to today, for example? Well, the organization was formed believing that we could quite easily get human food approval for canary seed. And as it turned out, it took many years and a lot of dollars, both grower dollars and government dollars, to get human food approval in Canada and grass status from the USDA. So that was a long, long battle, far longer than we thought, and the the battle continues to actually get it into the the food industry in a meaningful way. But some other milestones that I think the, the Canary Seed Commission can be proud of is that we got canary seed recognized as an official grain, so we have licensing and bonding protection when we sell our canary seed to a buyer. If that buyer goes broke, we know that we've got protection to get paid. So I think that was very useful, and it was very gratifying to see a a year ago that growers realized that the commission to be viable was going to need a little bit of extra money and uh, unanimously agreed, uh, the ones attending the annual meeting, to raise the levy from $1.75 a ton to two fifty dollars a ton, $2.50 a ton, which gives the commission resources to continue to invest in market development and especially research. Youngman says in a news release he is looking forward to the new role and will do his best to advance Canary Seed. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. We're going to stick with the AGM and we're going to hear from one of the market analysts that gave a presentation at the AGM. Keep it tuned here to CKRM. Again, you're listening to Sask Ag Today. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Canary seed prices are below producer expectations, and one of the reasons is a larger-than-normal U.S. millicrop. Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research provided the market outlook at the Canary Seed Development Commission annual meeting in Regina. In previous years, we had canary seed prices that were a little more reasonably aligned with millet prices. But what we had was a little more alignment in those or, or not quite as wide of a spread. But millet prices in the U.S. have just been taking a beating uh, since harvest. And so that spread now between canary seed and millet is very, very wide. Uh, and so for birdseed packagers that have the ability to adjust their blends, So a little more of this ingredient, a little less of that one. Canary seed is a high price ingredient right now. And so that may be affecting some of that uh, demand for canary seed as well, too. Statistics Canada estimates 2023 canary seed area was about 250,000 acres. Penner believes it was closer to 290,000. As for 2024... We might see 260, 265, which would be lower than where real acres are at, but on the chart, it will look like actually an increase 
I hope I, I haven't made that too uh, confusing. But but really, I think we'll see a bit of a decline from where acres really are. It depends how farmers feel about 35 cent bids, new crop bids, but also, of course, where other bids are at. And, uh, you know, I'm already hearing about people wanting to, you know, shed some barley acres. So, you know, I think spring wheat is going to do fairly well this next year, maybe even oats. And then there is the underlying concern of every farmer on the western side of the province. So if last year was a was kind of a little bit concerning, this year is a lot more, and especially in that west-central part of Saskatchewan where there are a fair number of canary sea acres. I'm not going to predict below-average yields yet. Usually I don't adjust our yield estimates until they actually get into the into the growing season because you get a couple inches in in April or something like that, and then the picture changes uh, for the better a whole amount, and that's that's really what we're hoping for. That's Chuck Penner with Leftfield Commodity Research. Up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and Migrain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Aster yellows were an unexpected yield robber in 2023, according to a survey conducted by Canola Watch, which is the weekly email news blast produced by the Canola Council of Canada. 126 producers responded to the November survey, 44 from Saskatchewan, 47 from Alberta, and 30 from Manitoba. 24 growers indicated aster yellows had a great impact on canola yield, including 13 from Saskatchewan. Official disease surveys found aster yellows in 33% of fields surveyed in Saskatchewan this year. Usually about 5% of canola plants are impacted by the infection in each field. While this year was worse than usual, Manitoba provincial plant pathologist David Kaminsky says aster yellows were nowhere near the levels of 2022. Getting back to the Canola Watch survey, 54% of the 126 producers indicated canola yields were better than expected, with 18% saying they were worse. A respondent from the Black Soil Zone says the yield was worse than expected because the straw suggested a 70 bushel per acre crop when it ended up being 50 bushels an acre. More than 50 poultry farms in British Columbia have been infected with avian flu since October, but animal health officials say that rate is slowing with the end of the fall migration of wild birds. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency reports 47 commercial farms and five small flocks have been infected. BC's Agriculture Ministry is working with the agency and poultry producers to ensure enhanced biosecurity measures are in place. If the flu is detected in a flock, all the birds on the farm must be destroyed. The CFIA said in November about 5 million birds in B.C. had been culled since the first case of avian flu was detected in April of 2022. When it comes to the past, markets and market outlooks have leaned heavily to the bearish side. Steve Nicholson, global sector strategist for grain and oil seeds with Rabobank, 
is one analyst who is going against the trend, at least for wheat and oil seeds, including canola. Setting aside corn and beans and looking at wheat, Nicholson says there are definitely signs of a market uptick in the works. He says if you look at what's happening in the wheat production areas, it's been dry in Canada, in Argentina, in the U.S., and even parts of Europe. Ukraine and the Black Sea region may be the only surprise for production. However, as Russia just continues to dump cheap grain on the world, but he says that can only go on for so long. Moving to oil seeds, he says that there's a bit of a mystery as to direction because of confounding factors, including countries buying meal and selling oil. New research released by the Centre for Future Work found Canadian grocery sector profits will likely surpass $6 billion this year, which would be a new record. This comes as Metro's president and CEO, Eric LaFleche, says his company is willing to sign the Grocery Code of Conduct in its current form. Speaking to MPs at a House of Commons Agriculture Committee meeting, LaFleche says all major industry players need to sign the Code of Conduct for it to be successful. This comes after Walmart Canada and Loblaw executives told the committee last week that they can't sign the Code in its current form over concerns it will increase consumer prices. The Biden administration says it will recognize a methodology favored by the ethanol industry in guidance to companies looking to claim tax credits for sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF, a pivotal win for the politically powerful U.S. corn lobby. But the administration will also update the methodology by March 1st, which leaves some uncertainty for corn-based ethanol producers as it could ultimately tighten requirements around SAF feedstocks. The global aviation industry, which is expected to reap net profits of over $20 billion in 2023 and accounts for about 2% of global energy-related carbon dioxide emissions, is one of the hardest sectors to decarbonize as the equipment is not easy to electrify. Airlines argue that incentives are needed to boost the market for SAF, which can generate 50% less greenhouse gas emissions over its life cycle than petroleum fuel, but is typically two to three times more expensive than fossil fuel-based jet fuel. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falcon. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather and Phil looking at the forecast for today and this weekend. It looks like it's going to be around that zero or above zero. Yeah, tomorrow's a a big question because there's a strong south to southwest wind through tonight and through tomorrow that's going to really drive the temperature up. But during the middle of the day, it shifts into the northwest. And once it does, that's it. Wherever we are is where we're going to stop looks like it's going to get through mid-afternoon. I've backed off a couple of degrees on my outlook just because it is going to be mid-afternoon instead of evening. But uh, still, the potential is there for somewhere in positive territory. I'm still thinking five degrees of a, a decent bet. For today, we're struggling. That's because there's a lot of cloudiness around. The thicker cloud south of the border, that's not getting here. It's just 
sort of hanging around with some mid-level and a little bit of thicker cloud, too, in spots. And that's going to be persistent. We'll call it partly sunny at times through the afternoon. Minus uh, minus one morning temperatures. Let me rephrase that. Coming out of the morning, we'll be we're around minus one. We climb up to one degree on the plus side through the afternoon. That's the words I'm looking for. Clear sky tonight. We uh, get down to minus seven. The wind will pick up. And just like tomorrow, the shift in the wind ends the warming. Tonight, it really stops the drop-off. The wind is light early in the evening. And then late evening, early in that time, it picks up gusts 45, could be close to 50 kilometers per hour at times. We drop to minus seven. Whether we rise or not is not certain. Very little rise if so, but we do rise very quickly with that sun tomorrow. The southwest wind 20 to 35, still very gusty, up to 40, 45 kilometers per hour through the afternoon. Five degrees the high. Some areas will get a little warmer. Some will get a little cooler. Either way, it's above freezing all areas. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, dropping up to minus six. And on Sunday, it's a high of zero. The question is, do we rise to zero or are we still coming down toward minus six through the morning? Uh, it's going to be an early day high. Somewhere around late morning, we'll, we'll be at that zero mark and then drop through the afternoon. So temperatures really not doing what they're supposed to day and night, but we'll finally settle into more of a normal pattern. A couple of flurries with that system Sunday. Very little, very minor snowfall. Partly to mostly sunny, two degrees on Monday on the plus side, two on the negative side for Tuesday. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year are minus 9, the normal lows minus 20. The sun rose at 8.52 this morning, and the sun will set again at 4.55 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, plus 1, Swift Current is at 2 degrees, Assiniboia minus 1, Yorkton, Melville, Mooseman, and Weyburn sitting at minus 2, and it's minus 3 in Estevan. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 3.7 degrees. The cold spot in Stony Rapids once again, this time at minus 15.1. In Regina, it's a cloudy sky, winds out of the south-southeast at 9 kilometers an hour, humidity at 78%, temperature minus 1 degree or 31 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 103.4 and rising. In Moose Jaw, also cloudy, south-southeast wind at 10, Temperature is at zero. Again in Regina, cloudy sky, south-southeast wind at nine, and the temperature minus one degree. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com And Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. It was a down week for canola and wheat futures. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Piccalo, says the January canola contract was down about $12 a ton this week, sitting at around $640, while the March Minneapolis wheat contract was hovering around $7.21, down by about $0.07 cents on the week. was a USDA report. And uh, it wasn't really all that positive kind of for the markets. Uh, it was neutral in some areas, but uh, again, for the most part, it wasn't something that has kept the, uh, the funds from wanting to buy kind of at these levels right now. What other pieces of news can you share that affected the grain markets for this week? 
Well, uh, maybe touching on a bit of export sales numbers. Uh, last week's uh, U.S. wheat sales were actually the largest single marketing year sales uh, total since September 2007. Uh, that included about 1.12 uh, million metric tons of uh, soft red winter wheat to China. Uh, two cargoes uh, of U.S. corn were switched uh, from unknown to China, actually. So uh, when it comes to the export sales numbers, they're actually quite strong, actually. So that's kind of uh, one piece of news. Uh, another is Argentina's uh, new government is reportedly seeking to raise the export tax on some grains to 15%, uh, though it would not impact taxes on soy. Uh, so that is something that I've actually heard is been uh, affecting yellow pea prices here in Canada. Uh, it's not, there's no features on that market, so I don't track it uh, necessarily, but it's something that I've heard uh, kind of recently from clients. And what's your outlook for next week and beyond here for the rest of 2023? Well, the, the rest of 2023, the first is, again, is on this canola market to see if it does retest some of the lows here. Uh, technically speaking, it it does seem possible uh, right now. Uh, on the wheat side of things, we have been kind of trading a little bit more sideways around the, the lows here on the contract. So that might be a positive sign with maybe some, some interest coming potentially in the new year. But uh, again, right now, there'll definitely be kind of lower volumes than normal, uh, especially coming up into kind of the contract end for canola. Uh, traders do need to be out uh, by the 27th of December, most firms will probably get uh, canola out by the 22nd, kind of before the, the holiday week hits. Adam Piccalo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. He gives the opening and closing future price quotations every day, Monday to Friday at 10 o'clock and 2 p.m. You can also get those same opening and closing future price quotes at saskagtoday.com. You just got to look up the opening and closing grain prices for each day. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture report. We're going to hear from one of their specialists on drought and pasture management. Stick around. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Dangleman Industries. Look to Dangleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town number yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com This week's Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture report comes from Trevor Lennox, a range management extension specialist. He talks about drought and pasture management. Significant areas across Saskatchewan have experienced multiple years of drought, resulting in lower overall forage production on pastures. Impacts of the prolonged drought have not only reduced the amount of plant material available for livestock to consume, but has also reduced the amount of plant material retained on the soil surface at the end of the grazing season as carryover litter. From a pasture management perspective, if adequate litter levels can be retained on the soil surface, production levels are easier to maintain and the time required to recover from drought can be reduced. Some drought management strategies that can help retain adequate litter and minimize long-term impacts on pasture land may include the following options. Number one, delay spring turnout date 
allowing plants additional recovery time before grazing in the spring. Number two, early removal of cattle in the fall to shorten grazing season length. Number three, reduce overall forage demand by reducing livestock numbers. Number four, develop water infrastructure to help improve availability and distribution of water in a pasture. Number five, improve fencing infrastructure, such as cross fencing. Portable electric fencing systems can also be useful for getting livestock to graze in areas they would not typically use. And number six, secure additional forage resources, such as uh, renting additional pasture or cropland to improve the overall forage supply on your landscape. However, there is no one-size-fits-all approach when dealing with drought, as each operation is unique in how they deal with it. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture has various programs available that can assist producers to implement such strategies, including water development, resources, through the Farm and Ranch Water Infrastructure Program or implementing best management practices by improving grazing management or the seeding of annual cropland acres to perennial forage through the Resilient Air Culture Landscapes Program. For additional information, contact your local range management extension specialist or call the Ag Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. That's Trevor Lennox, a range management extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Coming up next on the other side of the break is today's market update. You're listening to Saskag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today, except for canola. That's down $9.30 at 601.62. Number one red spring wheat is up $1.95 at three twelve fifty-five. The rest were unchanged. Durham four fifty-six eleven. Feed barley two sixty-two fifty-eight. Chickpeas eleven sixty-eight forty-four. Flax six thirty-one oh four. Lentils seven eighty-seven fifty. Oats two eighty-six thirty-two. Yellow peas three ninety-one oh five. Feed wheat two thirty-five forty-six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up six cents at seven dollars and twenty-three and a quarter cents a bushel. Up next is today's livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Services Moose Jaw had its last sale of 2023 on Thursday. Cow market looked steady to last week. These good, big, strong cows, 120 to 133. Medium cows, 112 to 119. The Shelly cows, they are being discounted. These good herd dispersal cows on Thursday bring 31 to 3,700. Sales right up to 38 and 50. Second cut cows, 2,200 to $3,000. First sale in the New Year's Thursday, January 11th here in Moose Jaw. Let's have a safe holiday season out there. For more market information, give Hartman Musha a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. The latest pork prices are at $170.29 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskatchewan Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. 
A paper published in the Johnson Shoyama Graduate School of Public Policy says that Saskatchewan should get more money from potash companies. The fertilizer's price will double in 2022, creating windfall profits of $10 billion. But of that windfall, the Saskatchewan government collected only one quarter on behalf of resource owners. The federal government ordered one-tenth, and the mining companies kept two-thirds after tax. The report said the number is significant for the province as it would be enough to pay off the Provincial General Revenue Fund's entire operating debt or would amount to $8,500 for every Saskatchewan resident. Saskatchewan currently is responsible for one-third of the world's potash. On the markets, the TSX is down 131 points at 20,647. The Dow is up 7 points to 37,255. Oil is up $0.04 cents at $71.62 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $74.80 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, no problem. You can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Friday's edition of Saskag Today. One o'clock news is waiting in the wings. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day and a nice weekend. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.